Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2 of the Asian Hustle Network Podcast, where we dive deep into stories of Asian entrepreneurs around the world. Be sure to check out our book, Uplifted, Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, and check out our directory and marketplace at AsianHustleNetwork.com. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you like this podcast, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network Podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Welcome to another episode on the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have Catherine, the author of The Creator Revolution. I have this book right here. If you guys are watching YouTube, it's a purple book. You pick it up on Amazon. We're so excited to have Catherine on the podcast today. Catherine, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I love listening to this show. So it's a, it's a great privilege to be here. No, it's a great honor to have you here, right? And then I was telling you before we started recording the podcast that I did read your book. I loved it. I love all the concepts behind it. And we're pretty excited to dive into it. But before we do that, I want to hear about your story. Who are you? Where'd you grow up? And what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think if there's, I think very fittingly, if there's one word I like to use to sum up who I am, it is the word storyteller. I, I've always loved to observe and read and listen to stories from everywhere and then and share those stories with a wider audience, whether it's through my writing or coding. I just, I see it as a really great process of ter- telling narratives to amplify people's voices and needs. I think like going way back, I was born into an incredibly hardworking family of immigrants. My mother came to the U.S. from Hong Kong and my, my father immigrated from Singapore. Singapore. And then from a young age, I knew it was such a privilege for me to observe their stories, witness their stories and, and be a part of their stories. And, and growing up, I always loved to write. I wrote a lot of like Harry Potter and Star Wars fan fiction when I was younger, joined a lot of writing communities and, and actually started publishing a lot more original fiction and art online grew that base to hundreds of thousands on platforms like Tumblr, Wattpad, AO3 all those sites. And in a sense, it got to the point where my readers reached out to me and, and asked like, hey, if, if I pay you money, can I ask you to write this piece of story or make this kind of art? And that was essentially my first business. And by the time I was 15, I was able to kind of monetize what started out as just a pure hobby, which I thought was so cool that anyone through the power of the internet and the power of these evolving technologies could in like turn their creative endeavor into a business. So that was kind of my first foray into being a creator and in a sense was the first step into to what led to this book. It's with this book specifically, I think just with my interests and background as a creator, as well as noticing that at the start of quarantine, there was just people were at home had a lot more time, you just saw this explosion of both content creation and consumption. And then that got me thinking like, hey, maybe it's time to kind of dive deeper into this, examine this phenomenon, document it. So interviewed hundreds of creators, investors, builders, employees at companies like like YouTube and Roblox, Facebook, and and turned it into a book that I wanted to, to share a lot of stories I wanted to share with the world. I love it. I love your story a lot too. And yes, I did read your book and I realized that there's a lot of people that you interviewed on our podcast already. So I'm Amazing. like, wow, <laughs> a lot of familiar names. I love it. And the fact that you started this 
at like a relatively young age, right? Uh, in high school, age of 15, like what did your parents say about your hustle, your side hustle? Did they encourage you? Did they try to deter you and be like, hey, Catherine, you got to focus on school. <laughs> like you can't be doing this online. What does that even mean? Like how supportive were your parents along this journey? Yeah. So my parents didn't know everything <laughs> going to be like when I was younger. Um, they were they definitely knew I liked to write and they were like surprisingly supportive. And, and I really appreciated their support in, in just me spending my free time writing and publishing all this fiction and art online when I don't know, I grew I grew up in the Bay Area, highly competitive in my environment when a lot of my friends are going to tutoring or I don't know, math Olympiad training. I honestly, I just really like writing fiction and reading fiction and publishing it online. And my parents are really supportive of it. I don't think they realized that it was a side hustle though, until they read my book. And then, so they, they asked me a lot of questions, but, but are still really supportive of what I'm passionate about and kind of where I stand at the today at the intersection of being both creative and technical and everything I'm doing within. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely very well-rounded, right? For our listeners, Catherine studied computer science, I believe at Harvard, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Computer science and English. That's that's an amazing combination. (laughs) I never usually hear that combination. A lot of my friends got to see us because they hated writing. (laughs) 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 But that's that's awesome, right? To hear that you're so well-rounded, right? That you're still relatively young, right? You're and you wrote a book that I personally felt impacts a lot of lives. And the reason why I felt that way is because I feel like a lot of us are still underestimating the power of social media, right? There's always a stigma against social media where a lot of people say, I'm not a creator. I'm not a content creator. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. But the fact is, I feel like the way that we're moving towards is like a creator economy, right? It's going to be more decentralized, more power to the individual people, more power to those who are very creative. And I do feel that regardless of where you are in your life and what profession you're in, like you should always leverage social media as a way to complement your skill set, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I want to I want to talk a little bit more about that too. And like I know you have a lot of detailed chapters, especially at the beginning, talking about the way the, the creator economy is moving and why we should be a part of it. So, what is the creator economy for our listeners listening? Yeah. So. I think the words creator economy are thrown around so often today in the media, in venture capital specifically. I see it as how the system of of how just individuals can monetize their individuality and hobbies through through unique creative work and has been bolstered by the evolution of technology of where we are today. So um, like social media has been such a big part of it. I call social media content platforms in my book because those are, are platforms where you can publish content, engage with other people's content, consume content. But also there's also so many existing creator economy tools out there that that better support creators. Like Patreon was one of the early ones. I remember when I was a creator, a lot of my writer friends and I were, were exploring it. Hey, like this is a way to, to monetize a, my my fan fandom or community in a specific way or, or those like coffee tipping sites. So a lot of little branches of the creator economy and, and it's definitely continuing to grow and branch out even today. I know the creator evolution as as my book documents is has been ongoing for quite a while, but I also still see it as very new and still beginning. There's still so much to see. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that the creator economy is a relatively new topic and it's exploding. Right. I think that 
a lot of platforms out there definitely help with that, like TikTok, Tumblr, Substack. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of platforms out there to really bolster your creativity. And I want to ask you, like, so you did interview a lot of people in the book. How did you, how did you find a way to connect with them? Like from square one, right? Did you DM coldly? Did you ask for introductions? Like, how did you reach these, uh, these influencers in your book? Yeah, I, I think I, I started with creators I like admired, followed, or like consumed their own content or had seen them share their insights online. A lot of it was cold outreach via email, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, just any means possible. And I was really genuine with what I hoped to learn from them as well as what I could offer them exchange or help them with. So I know it's really hard to make these like cold outreach not transactional, but I was genuine with what I hoped would happen and, and have like a lot of these interviews and relationships have turned into great friendships over time. So that was great. And, and over time, the more, I guess, experts and creators I got to know, the more connections and people they were able to refer to me to chat with. I love that a lot, right? I think that a lot of times when we look at our favorite creators, we look at them, we're like, oh, wow, this person has one, one or two million or 10 million or 15 million followers on social media. They're never going to respond to me. But I think that just by putting yourself out there and reaching out to them, like most of the time they will respond as long as yeah. you have, a, as long as it's authentic, right? As long as you have, they have a, like you give them a good reason to respond is not transactional, like they will. And I really yeah. love the, the hustle part about you. It's thank you. And I think it was such a big lesson I've had to kind of keep learning and relearning through my life that the, the hustle and the the aspect of just having no fear and going for it in, de- in so many areas of life feels very different in each way, but I have to kind of relearn it and rehone it each time. But yeah, in, in this context, definitely, I, I knew I wasn't sure if I was going to get the opportunity to, to chat with someone or learn from someone, but I knew I definitely wasn't going to get it if I didn't ask for it. Yeah. And just going off that topic and diving deep into to that more right i think in asian culture it's like we're taught like really not to ask for things you know it may make you look weak might make you blah 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 but honestly the way the world is trending right now you need to go out there and ask for things because you don't ask yeah. you never get it right <laughs> yeah absolutely i think i know in a lot of your previous podcast episodes with entrepreneurs that a lot of them have talked about the challenges they faced and overcome in in their journey for me the biggest challenge in in writing and publishing this book was was honestly myself getting over my own fears my own self-doubts of of like oh is this person going to respond to me like does is anyone going to read my book you know i'm 20 and started writing this like one to two years ago like would anyone care about this this really young person's thoughts and writing but i think you're you're exactly right that it's it's so important to value your voice go out and ask for it and especially as an asian american like seeing our community's voices be dimmed and suppressed for so long just really have to go beyond that and then believe in yourself and then just go for it to shoot your shot is the the gen z way of saying it i don't know <laughs> there's a i think michael jordan's like if you don't shoot your if you don't shoot i forgot what michael jordan said honestly guys don't don't tear me up for this <laughs> if you don't shoot it then you miss 100 percent of the time right and that's the same way with like going out there and putting yourself out and asking for it and it's crazy too because it does remind me of the early day of asian hustle network like people think that, you know, we <laughs> exploded and everything happened organically. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is like, I was DMing hell of like people. <laughs> I was like, Absolutely. Hey. Yeah. It's, it's what the, the sign behind you perfectly says, always hustling. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it reminds me of those days, right? And you're like, oh my God, is this person going to respond to me? But I think that skill set that you're developing right now will go a long way. And to be honest, like it never goes away in life. Like you'll find that skill set continuously helpful no matter where you are in life. Like you have to keep asking and also don't just ask, like step up to the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Don't just ask and then fall flat. <laughs> like ask and step up to the challenge and like prove yourself that you, you, you can do it and that, you, yeah, and that you do belong here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to dive deeper into the book, right? And I know like you gave a lot of great examples on different platforms to use and, you know, why you should be a creator. I want to hear about your personal experience being a creator on social media, right? Mm -hmm. What were some of the stuff that you went through at the beginning? How did you pivot? How did you continue growing? How did you grow your community to support, to support you, right? What are some tips that you have for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think... I didn't know I was a creator when I was a creator. I don't think like, like, sure, YouTube has been around for quite a while. And honestly, you know, there's a whole space of of blogging and blogspot long before I was publishing writing online. But still, I was a a young person who wasn't really aware of this label, aware of what went into it. There's no this, there's no guidebook to it. So I was honestly just having fun at the beginning. Like, you know, you create your account, started posting and publishing started following others who were like in the same area as me, admiring their work, talking to them. We joined a lot of like email groups or discord communities to to talk with them. Over time, I kind of niched down to specifically what I thought my audience wanted the most from me, like saw what content was doing the best and then kept going, had a really rigorous schedule when I wanted to publish pieces of writing and art had a very elaborate tracker, which is crazy because when I was when I was in high school, I was not nearly that organized for anything else in school, but I was super organized with how I wanted to publish and create content and, and deliver that content well. It was a lot of yeah, it was a lot of balancing the the quality versus quantity. And and honestly, all these trends still apply today, no matter what platform, what kind of content you're creating. And then when it got to the the monetization aspect or component, it also became a question of like, how often do I want to take commissions? How do I balance that out without burning myself out with everything? So just there so many criteria and components to think about. And I don't, I kind of wish I, I knew more. Like, I wish I had my book to read when I was doing this because a lot of it was just me trying things out and figuring it out as I went. So I'm really glad there's so many more resources and creators and creators being transparent about their journeys today. Yeah. I mean, there's still not a lot of resources out there. And I feel like your book is still one of the early ones, especially with the creator economy side. So I really appreciate you taking the time to write about your experience. And honestly, you read it. I know you can mention the podcast that you're a young person. When you read your book, you can't tell you're a young person, which I love, right? <laughs> I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the maturity is there. And, you know, the way that you view the world is very applicable to a lot of us, especially coming into this, this field. But there's one thing that you mentioned that I do want to hone into is mm-hmm. burning out, right? right. I think that... You know, whenever you're working on your own project or you have your own business or whatever, you're more prone to burning out because no one's harder on you than yourself, especially when starting a new thing, right? Mm -hmm. When, I mean, tell us about experience where you felt extremely burnt out and you started questioning yourself. You're like, could I do this? Should I do this? Maybe I'm still too young for this. Maybe I should give myself a couple of years, Mm -hmm. right? The thing I really like about interviewing you right now is that you seize every moment you got. Right. Since you're 15, you found out that you could monetize from being a writer online. Now you're 
20, you're still in college, you know, you're, you're, you publish a book already. Like walk us through that, like about you feeling burnt out and like, how did you overcome that? Yeah, I definitely think that for, for creators, burnout is so common. I, I, there was a creator I interviewed in this book who told me straight up, I don't know any creator who hasn't burned out period. And there's a lot of truth to that because you're, you're, you're essentially running your own business from start to end the operations the planning, logistics, the marketing, the actual content creation process is an end to end process. And you you don't really get a break from it because a lot of these platform recommendation algorithms kind of take your frequency and quantity of content into account. So it's, it's, it's yeah, for me, I, I definitely burnt out by having the schedule of, of, you know, and the bar of quality, I wanted to uphold my content quality too. So between both the quantity and quality, I, I burnt myself out, I think, yeah, two, two years into that journey. And alongside balancing with school, it was it was definitely fizzling out and kind of had to reassess where my priorities were. So I decided, okay, going into college, I wanted to focus more on college. I can't, I couldn't dedicate the time I wanted to, to every aspect of my life. So I think at that stage of burnout, I decided the solution was to kind of to pause content or actually to end that route of content. And since then I've started creating content in different ways or, or different media but even today, I definitely feel burnout in, in different ways. I, this book journey has been so long that when the book finally came out in in like May to June, so very recently, and I know when the book comes out, it's honestly should be your like prime time for promoting the book. I just felt so tired and burnt out from this whole journey. I told myself, instead of pushing myself to speak on every podcast or give talks every day, I had felt that I wasn't in the mindset to do it then. So I gave myself a break and then started going through that process again when I was ready. For being a creator specifically, I think because your your content cycle is constant and, and regular, you just need to add a lot of breaks, um, maybe a di- like having support systems and groups perhaps professional help. A lot of creators are very open with their experiences in therapy. Just having like knowing that you have a lot more resources than just yourself is so important. Yeah. And I do appreciate you being vulnerable with us and telling you about your experience. Right. And thank you so much for being on our podcast too. Like I really appreciate that. <laughs> knowing that no, you I love that. this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that you just said that, I was like, oh yeah, I need a little break. And it's totally understandable. Right. I think uh so when we published our book too, although I wasn't the main writer or I supported the book, I felt burnt out from managing oh, absolutely. End, like the end-to-end side and the organization. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my God, I know exactly what you mean. Like we're at the yeah. finish line, should be excited, but my mind is like, I'm so tired. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, and then you have to, you have to push, you either push through it because of like deadlines or something, or you, you really need to take a break. Otherwise you will just crumble yeah i really like that you mentioned that too like taking a break i think that in hustle culture it could be very toxic in hustle culture right mm-hmm. it's like you have to go non-stop you brag to your friends about how many hours you worked <laughs> you know it doesn't make any sense <laughs> not to really think about it yeah but like it's not about that it's about like taking care of yourself finding a balance and getting results that you want yeah right? yeah yeah. I think there's also an additional element of creating content online where you have this additional pressure of 
having not just like I call it like a person versus persona you have this online persona you have to curate and for some people that is the same as their person for other creators it is very it's a totally different persona from their actual identity and it's kind of having this like multiple identities or multiple personas that you're constantly balancing trying to remember trying to curate but also not like detract from your main life it's it's so many things to consider all the time yeah and i like how you brought that point up too it made me really think about it because i met some of my favorite creators in person i'm like you're so mm-hmm. different from your online persona <laughs> and it's crazy how a lot of people are actually really shy mm-hmm. yeah and they're like really soft-spoken they're so they- like boisterous or extroverted on on camera or in their writing or on a podcast and so different a lot are so different in person i know it's so crazy (laughs) i don't know you really think about that i do want to talk a little bit more about you being a student and you're about to graduate is that correct or you already graduated remind me i yes i i have one more year before i graduate i mean you have your whole career ahead of you where do you see yourself <laughs> heading towards and after college what do you want to do um, i feel like at this point you you already have a really good grasp of how the world works and you put yourself out there and you met new connections what's next for Catherine after <laughs> after school i am very honestly still figuring that out i think life and a big believer of seeing where life takes me but i guess currently i've been thinking a lot about like how to how to best build technology to empower creatives i think i have like one of my superpowers is being able to bridge both the engineering side and the creative side and and i really like environments where i can work with people in both worlds so I think that is a route I'll likely go down post-grad, but we'll see. I also spent some time in the investing world where I help investment startups, uh, support and empower founders. That's something I also really enjoy. So can see myself doing that, that more on the side or maybe more down the line. Yeah. I mean, those are solid paths in either way. Right. But I'm really excited of where the future will take you. We'll definitely have you back on the podcast later. Like <laughs> Thank three, you. Three years down the line. Catherine's at Forbes 30 under 30. <laughs> the youngest billionaire ever. I'm like, damn, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure for, for me. <laughs> no, there's no pressure. But yeah, I mean, I used to when I was still in college, that's actually the question I hated the most. I was like, what do you want to do in life? I'm like, well, I'm graduating during the recession. What do you want me to do? I always sometimes just need a job. Yeah. And you definitely, I'm I'm assuming you didn't expect to be where you are today when you were graduating college. No, not at all. I feel like that's the case with most people, right? You just never know where life's going to take you. And it always leads down to one thing, one thing, right? It always leads down to the thing that you always want to do. I always find that amusing. Yeah. Um, for sure. Some of my favorite people I look up to or really admire their their stories and narratives are people with non-linear journeys, um, like the the sci-fi author Ken Liu. He what studied or like studied English or computer science and then went to Microsoft, then went to a startup, went to law school, and then became a writer. It's like such a non-linear journey, a very similar journey or kind of tra- like unexpected trajectory for the filmmaker Alice Wu. She directed the half of it on Netflix, which which I love. It's a queer Asian American film. And, and she, I think, also was like an engineer at a big tech company, decided to go to a screenwriting workshop and then said, no, I'm going to give this a try. And now has these amazing movies and commercials out in the world. 
Yeah, I love I love that example too. And, and being where I am in life, and I don't want to date myself. I'm sort of in my mid thirties at this moment, <laughs> but like seeing my friends start out their careers as like some of them became doctors, some of them became uh-huh. lawyers, right? So one of my friends actually became a doctor, but his dream when he was younger, he always tell us back in middle school that he always wanted to be a firefighter. Yeah, and, and now he's a firefighter. Well, that's just great. Like, that's insane, right? <laughs> Or I it's had a, a full circle. <laughs> exactly. Or I had a friend who became a lawyer that started posting cooking content on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And he always wanted to be a chef, but his parents wanted him to be, to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And his TikTok videos blew up. And now he's doing like chefs, like cooking sponsorships. Oh, it's like that's oh, it's wonderful. I know. You always come back to the thing that you always want to do. Right. Yeah, and and I think in part it's the rise of the creator economy, the passion economy, and all these tools and technologies that are able to to empower people to go back and pursue these individual dreams and passions in 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 however much capacity they want to. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, and I think your book definitely hits on point. And Catherine, as we are getting near the end of the podcast, how can our listeners? reach out i mean how can listeners like find more information about the book and like find more about you online as well yeah so the book's website is at katherinehyo.com slash creator you are you can find and buy the creator revolution on amazon barnes and noble bookshop where you buy your books online yeah i am very or too active on twitter and instagram at katherinehyo so we'll pass on all these links to you of course. I mean, you're such an impressive individual, right? And I can't wait to see where the future is going to take you. And I can't wait to have you back on the podcast in a couple of years. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. Really right. appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Catherine. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes. So be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday. So stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.